Outkick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour is here on this Tuesday edition alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. And uh, we hope that you're subscribed to our new YouTube channel, Outkick 360 on YouTube. Just search out Outkick 360 channel in the search bar and hit the subscribe button. Ring that bell so that you're alerted to every time we go live and every time we post new content to this channel. And we certainly hope you'll uh, check out the podcast feed. And if you're re-watching this, thank you. You can reach out to us on Twitter, at Outkick360. We also pin this video to our Facebook page. The Preds fall last night, 5-2 to two in Carolina, in a game that was 2-2 going into the third with a chance to steal game one Instead, they were pushed around in that third period, and Carolina looked completely like the number one seed that they are. Meanwhile, the Preds, you know, they, they look like the four. They look like the, the worst team favored. They, they, and I'm, I'm speaking specifically to the final 20 minutes. Carolina came out, and their star power won that game. Jordan Stahl was a beast, and yet we're still looking for the beast in the Preds other than in net to step up and win them a game. It's a 60-minute deal. Yep. So the first 40 minutes, them being there, you know, is nice. But, look, Carolina wasn't put off by the Preds' physicality in the least. Carolina was more physical. Carolina had more hits. Mm -hmm. Carolina held the Preds to 14 shots in the second and third periods combined. The Preds weren't close to good enough in this game in terms of this idea that they were going to muck it up and somehow slow down the skilled paint, uh, the, the skilled Hurricanes. The Hurricanes matched the Predators, matched and surpassed the Predators' physicality. So if this series has to be Hurricanes' uh, skill versus Preds' physicality, to, to me this is a bad harbinger. Because the Hurricanes were every bit as physical and able to, to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Predators in that regard. And if that's going to be a wash, then the Hurricanes are going to win on skill. Well, and you heard the Preds say it after they won on that Saturday night to, to lock up the, the playoff spot. We know the formula, right? This, this is the formula to beating Carolina. Well, go look at that season record and how many times the Preds were able to replicate that formula. We talked about it. And David Reed brought up Carolina was playing for a President's Trophy that night, but they were locked up into the number one seed. Preds had a lot more to play for wow. at that time. I have a hard time believing the Preds are going to be anybody good in the playoffs. Why? Because they failed to do so over and over and over again in the regular season. The Preds are what it's a nice story that they came from the very bottom and they played well against mediocre to bad teams and won a bunch of games in the second half and rallied and got to the playoffs. But we'd be fooling ourselves if we said we, any of us really expected them to win this series or even compete to a great level in this series. It still can happen because hockey is weird and there's puck luck and there's goalies getting hot and everything else, and the Preds have one of the hottest goalies, if not the hottest goalie in the NHL. But what I saw last night, and especially in that third period, was exactly what I expected. A much better team beating a much worse team. They did it in the regular season, and they did it last night to start the playoffs. They outworked them. And, you know, the key to the, the couple turning points, the Preds, so their style of play, how they're, how they're going to win a game coming up tomorrow night, for instance, how they can do it is 
they have to be the more physical team. They have to get great goaltending play from Soros. That we know. But they, they need to stay out of the penalty box, and they need to play with a lead. And they got the first goal last night, and quickly, what, within a minute and a half, the game's tied. They can't play that style of hockey without playing with a lead, you know, the muck it up, grind it out type of style. You need an over-under where it's under five and a half goals total in the game. Like that, instead, last night's going way over that mark. Um, I know because I bet the over-under last <laughs> night. Um, but it, it, that's the only way I think the Preds win this, win a game and make this a series coming back to, to Nashville on Friday. But, but also, uh, right as the Preds drew a penalty, I think it was Yossi who drew a penalty for high-sticking on McGinn, and, or maybe it was holding. Um, and there was, or Yossi was, was, the Preds were about to go into power play. And it was even strength for about 30 seconds, four on four. Right, that's when they... And they got the 2-1 lead. Yeah. That was a... It, even though the Preds Big came moment. back to tie it, that changes the mentality and the style of play in the second period. And then the third period, it was just about the star power. The Preds, I mean... I think that was Jordan Stahl's first goal. Uh, it was, was the one to make was, it 2-1. Which one. was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but the, the overall... It comes down to what we said yesterday. The Preds have some high. It's not like they they're they're the little engine that could, and they're playing with some players that are about to get a, a big payday. The Preds have the players who have the big paydays. Well, the Forsberg and goal is a good example of that. They're not to start Forsberg. The, start yeah. That yeah. that's the type of playmaker mentality that's that they've got to have. That should be doing that. That's a star making a star play, yep. and they don't have enough of that right now. Carolina's got more. Um, you know, Duchesne's a second-line center who's playing third. He's, he's on the third line at right wing. I mean, the guy just sucks. And that's just how it is. I mean, he's just not good. Uh, but he's got the talent to be on the ice for them. Meanwhile, Tolvanen is not even active for the game. That's got to change. There, there, there were some strange things going on with the lineup last night. I, I, I won't pretend to predict what John Hines comes back with. Uh, on Friday, but the the Canes are too skilled versus the third line that we saw last night for the Predators. That we know, and that's where they really took advantage uh, with the lineup change. Is that Granlin, Yarncroak, and Coonan? Uh, that was. That the, the, the I, I'm, I'm talking about the the third defensive pair. Oh, oh, yeah, third defensive. Uh, that pairing. lazy goal. They just go big. They, yeah. they they put two big guys out there who are just not. Very skilled. Yeah, and, and and meanwhile, you know, Johansson was out there for that goal too. The second goal for for Stahl, where you, you make a great you make a great save, you get a great save by UC Soros. Swoops it in, and then they center it behind the net. They center it, and you know, they they take a a, a big lead. I can't help but think uh, when I watch Pat Duchesne, this was David Poyle's love interest for years. Yeah. He loved the guy. Everywhere Matt he was, Duchesne, from Colorado to Ottawa, loved Matt His Duchesne. His name came up year after year. Constantly yep. came up year after year. He loves Nashville. He loves country music. It's going to happen. And then it happens. And it just fell on its face so quickly and constantly since he's been here. It's crazy to think about that. And I remember when Rick Barnes got the job in Knoxville. It was retirement Rick. Everyone said, oh, he's just going there to collect a paycheck on his way to retirement. Well, that's worked out well. We didn't know that Matt Duchesne apparently was retirement Matt when he got here, and this was going to be the end of his career because that's what it looks like 
with him as a predator. I mean, it's remarkable how poorly it's gone for Matt Duchesne. And it really is tough to explain. I know he's talked about puck luck, and I can't rem- remember worse bounces since I've been here. I'm sick of his attitude. And, and, and that happening. And, and I just – it is so odd to think about the pursuit of Matt Duchesne, the player he was at one point, the promise he showed – versus the actual production now that he's a predator. Tolvanen didn't play, and they weren't good on the power play. 0 for 3, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think... Barely getting any shots. They're not going to contend in this series if they can't take advantage of power plays. Um, and uh, there, was, uh, there were a lot of criticism of, uh, uh, of the lineup. The choice is on defense and the choice not to play Tolvanen. Now... I, I don't know how you don't go back to Arvidsson because he's one of your main guys. He was only out five games, right? Yeah, but he's playing but you hurt. Have to find you can see him. He's exhausted. I mean, and, and that's no fault of his. Um, he's playing exhausted, and he, he's playing hurt. Is there I mean, somewhere else to find for Tolvin and though? Do you, do you find a place for both of them? Yes. Is it one or the other? <laughs> he's one of their top goal scorers this year. He's, their, he's their best, one of their best power play guys. I mean, it's just – this is why coaches get paid. Yeah, uh, we can second guess all we want. I know John Hines said, "Well, we lost because you know their their star players played a little bit better than our star players." And not a little bit. Yeah, well, that's that's their what that's right. their interpretation. The lineup had nothing to do with it. Yes, it does. You are the head coach. You are charged with creating the lineup. When you lose five to two, the lineup has something to do with it. When there's other options that aren't playing, that that's just common sense. And well, they, they need to make some adjustments with that. It, it, and also, and Paul, I think you may have mentioned this yesterday. And Chad, if it was you, I apologize. I'll but take th- this is a this is a Preds team that no one's picking, right? No one's expecting them. Even whenever they're making this run to the postseason, the debate was on on whether or not it was smart to make a push for the postseason and make the playoffs or rebuild for the future, what was more important at the time. That, and that debate actually happened. By the way, we're going to have that debate again if they get swept. Well, but so let's get into <laughs> that. That debate's coming back. This is a team that you're not necessarily picking to win the series, but this is a team that needs to make this at least a six-game series. I mean, you can't bow out um, and, and, and play with the effort that we saw in the third period. I, I watched Jordan Stahl play, and I'm using him as an example because that's the type of star power and firepower and attitude I want to see from two, two of the four, Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, Arvidsson. They have to have those front-line guys playing at an extremely high level on top of UC Soros playing lights out. And they didn't have that last night for 60 minutes. And... Carolina did. Carolina's number one because they have that type of... I think they have a very average goaltender. But the president put enough heat on him. They didn't put pressure on him to crack. Uh, meanwhile, the Hurricanes came out blazing in that third period. Blazing. They wanted it. And they got it to 2-2, but couldn't do much more than that. And Carolina's the better overall team, but the Preds had an opportunity to steal game one and couldn't do it on the road. I think it helps when uh, any any sport, pick a sport, when your most talented, best players, the one you rely on for the most production, also line up in there your alphas personality-wise on your team. I think it's pretty easy to say that's not the case with the Preds. No. When you look at Matt Duchesne, Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, those guys are now not the alpha dogs of this locker room. 
they're not the go get them, no excuses type guys. And you can win with those guys when they're producing and they're really talented and they play up to the level of their talent. The problem is I think there's a disconnect on both ends of that. Their production has not been good this year and their personalities don't line up with guys who are going to go out and take a no-excuses type approach. And that's what's led to some problems for the Preds. And you brought up that we were actually having this conversation about should they go for the playoffs or just completely rebuild. They did the right thing. They did the right thing by going for the playoffs. But I do think that it's going to be a conversation amongst fans. Well, what's the point in that second half run if you get swept and you look terrible in in your one playoff Well, you still want in because you don't know ahead of time that you're going to get swept. I agree. In better than out. But when we're talking opportunity cost at the end of the season and what they could have gained with well, players on the other end, draft or whatever it may be, then that's where the discussion is going to come in. But I, I'm saying it, it's proven they should have gone for it because they got in. I think the discussion's over for that reason. But don't kid yourself in thinking there's not going to be fans talking about it if they look terrible throughout this entire series and, and get swept. Carolina's the superior team. It, of course. The Preds can make this a series. They can. Uh, but they, they have to stay out of the penalty box, and they have to play with the lead. And I know that may sound extremely simple, but for the style of play that it's going to require to beat Carolina, that's what and they it's had going a lead to take. For a while last but night. But it goes back to, uh, Chad brought up the, the lack of an alpha mentality. They, there's still time to show that from the leadership of this team. Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, the, the big players. I'm not expecting it from Matt Duchesne. Let, I mean, let's no. be honest here. That's but he's he's the, high, he's the high-paid players we're talking about. He's in that group. For months, the talk was, this team sucks. It's time to sell off. It's time to rebuild to the debate of even getting to the postseason because you're going to get swept and you're going to get knocked out in the first round. What difference does it make? They have an opportunity to bring that alpha mentality last night to begin the third period and didn't. And now they have another chance to do it as they begin game two, where they're going to have to win a game on the road to even have a chance in the series to move on. Game two is, is where it's at. Because then you return back home on Friday to a, not a packed arena, but 12,000 fans at Bridgestone Arena, which will sound louder than it was last night at a packed arena for Carolina, um, with an atmosphere that will be at a fever pitch for an opportunity to to make and gain some ground in a series and take a series lead with a 130 face off on Sunday afternoon for game 4. And one thing they've got to uh perhaps, you know, we we talked about Tolvanen being a, a big absence. They had Harper and Gudbrinson uh were the two defensemen. It seems like yeah, Harper, Carolina Harper's is, the guy that is I mean it, going back to their Sorry, Paul. Going back, not the two games at home to end the season with Carolina, but the series prior in Carolina, they had Harper in uh, with the third line pairing, the defensive pairing, and Carolina took advantage of that matchup then. That's where I was and going. They did it. They again know how to night. take advantage of these two guys. Benning, Fabro were among the scratches. Yeah. I would think you've got to make changes there and this big tough thing didn't didn't work no you're gonna have to be more skilled they're they're just not that team 
You know, I remember uh, Winnipeg right, you can't coming to Nashville, and they had some big, tough guys they were that fast. could intimidate. The Preds just aren't that team. They, they were, you know, they've been a skilled team, fast team under LaViolette, high scoring. They're just not that enforcer. I think, you know, going back to the days of Shea Weber, maybe they had some teams like that, but they're, they're not that type of, of team. Yeah. And also, missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. This is what kills me about last night. Yes, Carolina's the better team. Yes, they were far superior last night. But Preds score first on a beautiful goal from Forsberg. Chance to put some pressure on Carolina, right? If I sneeze, I'm sorry. Allergies are bad this time of year. And then 2-2 two to two going into the third. Chance for the team with all the pressure on them to feel the pressure and to apply more pressure. And instead, in both instances, Carolina flexed on them. Carolina came out and said, we are superior to you and we're going to show you. That was the mentality that whole third period, start to finish. And then I think about the Preds scoring first, and that can put a lot of pressure on the home team number one seed. When you, that, that is a deflating feeling in the building when you give up the first goal, right? When you're the one with the pressure on you, and that's a chance. If you're the Preds, you, you Get smell the that blood, one and then, you're really and then you go. And you could have had that same feeling in that second intermission, and instead, both instances – you could see it completely flip where Carolina uh, treated them like it was uh, a practice and they were the JV team. And it was time to step it back up and start playing hard again even, and assert their dominance. And that, that's what's frustrating to me about that game. even in the third period, I thought Soros did what he could to keep them in the game. It's 3-2 in the third period. Uh, and Ajo has that breakaway. Great speed by him, by the way. Yeah, he didn't and the open ice. And it. Soros with a huge save. It's about 15 minutes left in the game, and it's 3-2. Now, soon after that is when Jordan Stahl hits Ellis up against the boards, hustles back to the front of the net, and Johansson looks, you know, looks stunned and just watches the puck go right past him to Stahl, who buries it. Um, and that made it 4-2, and the game was over at that point. I think um, there's, there's, something gets lost in the translation. Like, they went from the idea of mucking it up to uh, having to be somehow physically dominant, right? I think you can muck it up with your most skilled guys, right? Fight for it in the corner, slow it down, maybe some of these things. But you don't have to do it with brutes or, you know, this defensive pairing that we're talking yeah. about. You have to play your biggest people or you anything like them. that. you got to be scrappier. Right. You have to outwork Scrap them. it up, but with your most skilled people. Because you're going to have to have some skill here. Oh, yeah. You're not going to beat them without skill. Um, and obviously, we're t- you're taught you keep listing the four most skilled guys, obviously. But also, you know, your bottom level guys are going to have to show some skill in order to beat this team because they're skilled top to bottom, it seems like. Whatever optical illusion I was watching last night where they said 12,000 were in attendance, it looked packed. It looked completely packed, top to they bottom. They didn't show the very The arena top, shows like. over 19,000. There was one shot I saw that showed a good bit of the upper level, and everything looked packed. There has to be I like kept a thinking camera they weren't side showing the top or the suites, or maybe. That's not being accounted for. Or the suite. I don't know. To be. Let's Which create I, that right. in Nashville. That's, right. that's all I'm saying is my point was whatever that it optical illusion out. I saw – where they're claiming 12,000 are there, but it looked like 19,000? It did. Can we create the same thing well, at Bridgestone Arena? Whatever they're doing there, it's clearly not. Uh, the Limiting the, the 19 to 12 isn't a spacing thing because 
the the prime, on top of each prime other. seats were all loaded, right? That's where. Well, I, I, so is Bridgestone Arena going to be somehow spaced out, or is it going to be loaded in the prime section? It, it feels I like it I feel, hope it's loaded. It feels like cosmetic theater with the NHL right now with these rules because. Fenway Park is going 100% well, open. Have you seen any Next of the other hockey? How, how, I haven't seen any of the other hockey. Does it look packed? Well, not all the, the arenas hockey? are to that level. The Preds, I, 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 I believe the Preds would go more if the NHL allowed it. There's a reason why Carolina went unlimited capacity, and they're up to 12,000 uh, in, in the arena. Um, it looked fantastic. It sounded it, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess my point is I, I think they're – they're working within the the rules of the NHL, but the flexibility of the rules outside of the NHL. So I kept thinking they're too, not spread out at all. But they said only twelve thousand were in the building. Yeah, I kept thinking too. Their logo is one of the worst in sports. They salvage it somewhat by putting it on the flags on the jerseys that they were wearing yeah. last night. The flags on the with the flagpole being a stick. They should put that flag on center ice because the logo that's on center ice, their primary logo, is just horrid. Well, they've also gone to the very uh, retro feel to their sweaters with the canes going down, sort of diagonal on the jerseys too, which I like that look better than the logo on the front of the jersey. Some of their jerseys just have canes going across it. It's not a good logo. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, which comes from being a bad name. I mean, it's a bad name to illustrate. How, how do you feel if you're Soros, where you make some big saves, and then on the, not even on the rebound, sometimes it's just centered again. I did think was, you have was players Stahl's in first front of one, you. Stahl's first goal angle, was beautiful. He's got to stay at the post until that puck is put across. So I put that one on him. That was bad. Oh, that's a beautiful shot but by the, Stahl. But the, the second one, it, you can argue, is, is something that should have been saved by Soros. Put that slide up that I, that I gave you. This, the first uh, one's a great shot. This is the first one. Look, look at the space he's given him here. He's way off the post. He's yeah, got to be against the post. He's anticipating a pass. I know, but he can't anticipate the pass until the pass happens. I think you anticipate a pass at that angle. It's tough to see that he's way off the post there considering the handle of his stick. Hand Again, look at the angle. He's on the back side of the post. It's it, that is tremendous. Look, you can, it's a tremendous I'm not denying can, it's a tremendous shot. But you see what I'm but saying? He's got to wait for the I pass. I don't know why you're saying he's way away from the post so because look, his stick is over the outside of the post. Yeah, but look where he's got to wrap around the outside. There's a lot of space behind him for him to put that puck. It's a crazy I think, angle. I think but you stay at the post until you come on. If, the if only passes, place he could have put it. If it was he passes this shot. puck and the, the player behind, was it Johansson that we're looking at no, you here? You can't even see that guy yet, though. Well, he's right there. He's right behind the Preds player on the replay. Uh, if he stuffs it on the other side, you'd be bitching that he didn't protect the opposite <laughs> side and anticipate a pass. Even Chris Mason, a gigantic homer of an uh, analyst, said he came off the post too quickly. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm looking at You picked a bad picture to illustrate that because That's an he looks shot. like he is in perfect position and he's guarding the other side well also. I'd have to see him further the away second, from the post because the what I saw on the stall. replay was it was the only spot over that right shoulder where he could have put that, and I thought that Soros was playing it well because I was thinking the same thing. He was he I'm like, well gonna, enough to they're going to they're going to pass it back to where it's going to be an easy goal. He the played well enough goal to win by Stahl. You can argue that he's got to stay, uh, you know, a little higher there. But um, that, yeah, the that defense, goal was the defense was awesome. not not good enough by any means. Well, and the, you know that first. Forsberg goal, 
Terrific. Was awesome. Strong. But the pre- that Jordan Stahl delivers in that, that game a couple times. Yeah. The Preds just need, you know, uh, Luke Cunning's not going to win this series. Regardless of how scrappy he played the second half of the season, guys like that aren't going to be the ones. Forsberg needs to do that a couple of times. They need stars to be, and they need Duchesne not to be bad. I mean, I'm I'm past the point of expecting. Duchesne's only playing like nine minutes. I know it's. We're we're using him as the battering ram here. But he's already not even wanting him on the ice. He sucks so bad. Well, he's he's a lost cause. So exactly, he's not a difference maker, but he's also not on the ice. He played ten thirty eight last night. He he should be criticized for not being on the ice enough, but he's he's also not on the ice. So it's hard to criticize only him. He had like, he played ten thirty eight. He played ten thirty eight. He had a shot. He had three hits to his credit. Getting three hits is is is. I mean, he sucks, but well, where's I, Johansson? Where where is the the next guy that we're saying okay after Forsberg? Here's the true leadership of this team. Roman Yossi. Well, Arvidsson had and, and one Yossi, shot. One Yossi block. drew a penalty. Played strong on defense on a power play and then gives up and has a, a lazy play because I think he's tired. He's been on the ice for a, a minute and a half on the shift where he's holding and he draws a penalty. Or it's a great play by Carolina, but again, it's just more of a hustle play there. Like a great example. I of know. The play he can't give up. I know plus minus is not judged to be a very telling thing anymore, but Yossi was minus three. Last night. Well, that's because he plays the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part, he plays a lot. But yeah, no, that's. Uh, my point is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the leading goal scorer for the Preds, even as a defenseman for the season. Yeah. But that's. We're talking about the lack of production with highly paid forwards, and rightfully so. But Roman Yossi's a guy who's allowed to have big games in the playoffs. Oh, too. absolutely. Because he's the leading. I mean, just because he's a defenseman. He's the leading goal scorer. He's allowed to make huge plays in the playoffs. Well, as well. They need their biggest names to have uh, to carry them. Uh, like uh, we said this the other day before the first game, they need their biggest guys to carry them. And then for one of these other guys that we're talking about, you know, these lesser guys who've emerged this season, if one of them also gets on the bandwagon, that's great. But you can't count on that guy to carry them as they've had in some of these series yeah. where one of those guys emerges and he's like. Rocco Grimaldi carries you for a while. That's terrific. In a series like this, he needs to, you know, if he's fifth on board, terrific if he's active, you know. But uh, somebody like that, Luke Coonan, you know, come on, be the fifth guy. Be the fourth guy. But you can't ask somebody like that to be the first guy. you got no chance in this series if he's going to be your first guy. So, Forsberg, build on what you did. Now you need the other guys to show up. Yossi, Johansson. All of those guys. And then you need one of those other guys that we're talking about, these lesser names who've emerged this year, to come too. If you don't get efforts top to bottom like that, you're not, you're not going to contend in this series. And going back to John Hines' post-game comments about... Defensive on the line. And I, I want to say, you could stand... It's like going... Sideline for a football game is different than watching it in the press box. It just... It is, after witnessing it. So you see it differently. But for John Hines post-game to say, you know, we can talk lineup all we want, but we played hard, we played physical. What message does that send? I mean, you just got, you just got whipped. Yeah, you got to talk about And you're going to talk better. about playing hard? I mean, it's, that's, that doesn't cut it with me. And we've heard that before. That sounds like Peter LaViolette 
in year four. <laughs> well, what <laughs> it, like it's it's uh, after he, his message has run its course. What it says to me is, we don't have good enough players to beat Carolina. We played hard. We did what we're supposed to, but whatever but that, that, whatever combination of players I put in there. So what do you we're think not when good you hear enough that? To like, beat them. as a team. I think it's. I mean, uh, yeah. As a team, a I'm thinking John Hines is saying we're not good enough, and David Poyle hasn't done a good enough job of giving us players yeah, we need. But to Hutton's beat point Carolina. is he needs a better message when they're not dead yet they, to motivate them to. They're coming off of a, a great finish to the season, a stretch run that got to the postseason, where they're winning at a clip that we never anticipated. He's getting credit for coaching the team back to a, a postseason run. David Poyle's been given credit for not making moves at the trade deadline and getting a team in the postseason. And the first loss, after losing 5-2, albeit one of them's an empty netter, after losing 5-2, you're like, you know what? We made some lineup changes, but, man, we played physical. We played hard, and, you know, you, you can't, can't discredit us on that. You just got whipped. Like, I, I, I don't know how you come back and say that to that group privately, what uh, he did publicly. Well... That doesn't, to me, it doesn't correlate. More so is his message. That's not what happened in the third period. More so, I would say, more important is his message today than what he said yesterday to us, his message today to them. I would have preferred the message to be, we had a chance and we played terrible in the third period, and if we can correct some things, we can beat this team. Right. The message is, we showed we can hang with them, now we got to show we can beat them. And by doing that, we clean up some mistakes in that third period, keep pushing, and we can make this thing happen. I I'm said, with you, Hunter. It also sounds like we did everything we could and, and lost there's five nothing to two. we can do. We can't do anything more. This right. is as good as we – and that's just not true. Well, seven shots a period over the second <laughs> yeah. and third period, you're not going to beat many teams. I, uh, you know, there's a lot of frustration with the lineup changes and, and all that. I, I think they have to come back with Tolvin in tomorrow night. I sent Reed, though, a text – Right before the third period started last night, David Reed's the season ticket holder for the Preds of this group. And I said, they have a chance to steal game one because it's 2-2 going to the third. They are right there in the perfect spot. They got it to the final 20 minutes where you need to go win one period, and then you make it a true series. You claim home ice advantage coming back to Bridgestone Arena. And they, they couldn't do it. Uh, that was not the team I thought would take the ice in the third period, based on what I saw in the first two. Carolina was the team that I thought. That were. and that's a that's a great segue. They they were the team that everyone expected them to be to begin. There was a little bit of order is restored feel. To the yeah, period. there was. And I, I think being fair to the conversation, Carolina is just better than them. They're good, but. They're good. The Preds are good enough to make this at least a six-game series. This should not be a situation like we saw, and no one's even referencing the series anymore, but like we saw in the tournament last year against Arizona. We should not well, see that same type of I, result. I think it's probably a 2-1 series, but I think it probably turns into a 2-1 series Friday night. I don't think it turns into a 1-1 one, one And maybe that's what, that's what irks me the most, is the comments last night by Hines sounds like Duchesne after the series against the Coyotes last year. Yeah. It, it, there has that same type of feel yeah. where, oh, you know, we played tough. Man, it, it, get out of here with that. It's game one. Well, and if we hear the same from Duchesne after the, this year. I don't need to hear from Duchesne. Why should Duchesne be approached with yeah, a microphone? We don't need to hear from him. Yeah. He's doing all of his lack of speaking – 
with his stick instead of a Yeah, with his lack of great play. Your guy. I'm giving him a Chad. Chad's guy. Not my guy. Not my guy. You know I like to give guys away. Yeah. Chad, on the li- he has a list down here to his left for those listening to the show and not watching. He has an enemies list. And well, we have an enemies list. This is the Outkick 360's enemies list. This was my idea. I think David Reed's idea, actually. Here we go. There it is. Chris it. Jericho would claim it's his idea, but that's, I mean, look, we, we like good uh, ideas. Richard Nixon might claim that he has uh, yeah, he divinity had. over it before Chris Jericho even. Well, so. I'm sure We're there are military the figures in I'm Europe. I'm not going to get into the weeds on who Napoleon came up with the enemies had an enemy But list. I'll gladly take full credit for coming up with the enemies list. <laughs> For the first time. We will unveil Genghis the first Khan. three members of our enemies list later this week. We all get one contribution really? to put on the list. We will get a full discussion on this. But that is must-watch, must-listen, Outkick 360 content. We name names on this show. Individuals, maybe organizations, <laughs> will go on the enemies list later this week. This is a lot of pressure. Maybe corporations. I, I don't even have a primary complaint for tomorrow yet. Now I'm expected to come up with an enemy by Friday. I think we can uh, put our hands oh, together Paul. and all come up with the top. Man, the softening has reached yeah. an all-time low. I mean, on I've this got an obvious, obvious. I don't even enemy. know if I could come up with an enemy by Friday. I've got a this coming from Paul Kuharski. I don't know if I can come up with an enemy by Friday. It's Tuesday. I mean, it's Tuesday. <laughs> Paul is softening me when I hear that yeah. right now. Like, I don't even I don't want to finish the show. I'm, 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 I'm glad I'm not hardening either. And I want to I wanna, I wanna take a nap. I take pride in that. I'll, I'll take a nap. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Outkick 360 is back. You can follow us on Twitter at Outkick 360, and you can join the show in the YouTube chat on our new YouTube channel, Outkick 360, is where you search us there. And of course, you can always send us a message through Twitter or Facebook. So we're going to drop the enemies list this Thursday. Uh, the start, on, on the not show. the full the start of it. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to the definitive. We are going to yes, one through one hundred and fifty. <laughs> we will be on from eleven a.m. to nine p.m. this Thursday as we unveil the full Number enemies list. Is the one draft. more time, one more time. <laughs> the enemies draft. This enemies list right here. <laughs> the enemies of Outkick three hundred and sixty. Paul, look at Chad's eyes when he does this. <laughs> They, they kind of bug Look out. <laughs> I've seen a commercial for a medication that treats some disease where your eyes bug out. Have you seen this? No. You know all these medications commercials where my eyes are coming out of my skull? I don't know, but you I look like somebody mind. that could use that medication. This woman is wearing sunglasses. She keeps taking off her sunglasses, and there's another pair of sunglasses out there. It's like a magician's trick. Paul, I prefer self-medication. <laughs> but, um, so... We are going to unveil the top, not top three. Here's the way I look at it. Three. Let's come up with a consensus of three names, organizations to put on the enemies list to sure. start. This is not a ranking because right. the enemies list needs to evolve. There are names from 10 years ago that might be on it, but we don't care as much now. Or maybe you're completely off of it. I don't hold a grudge forever. You're not always going to be on the enemies list, right? I hold a lot of grudges. Paul forever. holds a grudge forever. <laughs> but that Paul's mindset in the end of the last segment sparked some people on Twitter to chime in, including Lebowski, who says, back in my day, Paul Kuharski had multiple enemies by lunch. (laughs) Who the hell is this new guy that can't come up with an enemy? V-Love says, Uh, can't effing wait for the enemies list to drop on Outkick 360. That is appointment viewing this Thursday, first three names on the enemies list. 
I think we should do Thursday. I, Paul is uh, out on Thursday, so it needs oh, to be Friday. Friday, okay. Paul is correct. Friday it is. Friday, enemies list drop. Here we Thursday go. I had to take off to work on my enemies list. <laughs> Paul is just such a new man uh, now that he's come to OutKick and OutKick 360 that hey. he has no more enemies, so he has to conjure up some enemies come Thursday. Two, there are two wide receivers that would put Paul on their enemies list. Uh, Tajay Sharp, stay in your lane. Poor guy's out of work. He's been released again. And (laughs) a a receiver who was out of work, Kalijah Lipscomb, didn't work very well in the open tryout practice that Paul was able to witness, uh, but yet is signed to the active roster yesterday. I think anybody that's at that practice was stunned. Right. Uh, That was not You're not the only person I spoke with that said that uh, he did did not play well in that practice. I I think it's as simple as this. He's bigger than Rashard Davis. Rashard Davis has had some some opportunity here and run his course. Lipscomb's bigger and maybe has opportunity to do some things on special teams that Davis can't do. So he gets his chance. And he's close to the 90th man on the roster. I don't know what they're at. They might be at 87 right now. Uh, I don't know that they're at 90. But he's a back-end roster guy right now who gets his chance. Um, you know. I, but, the, the, but did he, I mean, for a tryout player, the player you saw was not worthy of getting well, signed. He must have done a lot better on Friday and, and Sunday, Sunday if he was healthy after he fell out on, on, uh, on Saturday. But, look, they, they don't have a lot at wide receiver. Sure. I mean, we know the back-end wide receiver guys are a, a bunch of nobody. Well, they cut loose a player who had been had stuck around for quite a while in Davis. Well, where was Davis last year when they needed help at the back end? He, he, he was already falling out of contention. The year before, they liked Davis. And this is one of those guys yeah. that hangs around longer than I'm not he saying deserves. that either are difference makers, but it's just no. it was intriguing that they cut Davis loose for Lipscomb. Or maybe the Titans looked around and said, hey, he's pretty local. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep him. Uh, and I mentioned yesterday, I'm surprised he, he hasn't stuck on after his college career. Uh, and what he, he had did a heck Andy. of a college career in the SEC. But he's, he's jumped he had around. a weird ending to that college career. Yeah, he did. Where he was taking himself out of games, yeah, out of games. didn't play against Tennessee. Very mysterious. Uh, it was uh, not real uh, yeah. vocal on the sideline, kind of in the background, and no injuries. Then they said maybe an injury. and It was kind of like an opt-out before COVID came around and yeah, gave well, guys yeah, uh, opt-out out. possibilities. Tell you what, Jim Wyatt, who writes for Titans.com, is pumped to have a Vandy guy on that roster to cover. The I know he's excited. Loves Vandy. The Doors. Uh, and look, uh, he he produced when he wanted to play in college and on Derek Mason's team. Look, oh, yeah. this does nothing to solve the Titans' wide receiver problem, which is in the two, three, four range. But we, you know, uh, Tajay Sharp. I, I brought him up. Um, he. He's the receiver. I'm comparing some of the like Fitzpatrick. Tajay Sharp gets you 25 to 30 catches. Gets first downs and, that's and, a, and can that's score a some fourth receiver, down. sometimes third receiver option. Right. Red he's zone not target an here. Yeah, but uh, he's you know he's jumping around practice squads now. He was on Kansas City's roster, uh, Kansas City's practice squad to end the year last year. Was with Minnesota and lasted all what a month with the Vikings yeah. last year uh, at most. so, uh, But he's it, Sharp is the receiver that some of these guys will be compared to production-wise in the season where he gets one or two grabs a game, moves the sticks, and then is a red zone target. I'd be surprised if Sharp's not on a roster, but if he's not on a roster, what it says is, 
you know, there have been several seasons of wide receivers flooding yeah. into into the league that make a guy like that not not a commodity. I actually thought of Tajay Sharp on my drive to Atlanta this weekend on last last weekend because there was a sign uh, as you go through Chattanooga and over the hill towards Atlanta that says "Stay in your lane." They don't want you switching lanes, and that that's a, a, a great story where PK was told to stay in his lane. Well, this guy's one of the biggest hypocrites of all time, and I don't think that comment was. I mean, it might have been directed at me. He made it vaguely <laughs> about the media, like we need to stay in our lane. To you. Stay we, in your lane. We don't know football, so we should stay in our lane. This from a guy who then is a football player who thinks he's a rapper and he's recording <laughs> rap records. So do you not understand, Tajay, how you're a hypocrite here? I have to stay in my lane. I'm, according to you, not qualified to write about football when my career is football analysis. But you can do, be a football player and a rapper. So which is your lane? You've got two lanes, and I can't have two lanes? When actually lanes. my two lanes is one lane? He's in the eight lanes. So you can't count. Atlanta. You can't count. You can't rap. And as of now, <laughs> you can't play football. <laughs> He's in uh, Isaiah Wilson's well lane. Is that what you're saying? Clip that one up, Reed. He's Send in. that one out. <laughs> Send it out. Mention Mention him. Mention Tajay Sharp when you send it out. I, yeah, I can't mention him because I'm blocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just guaranteed Outkick 360 is about to be blocked too. Anything come of that case across the uh, on Demumbrian with him and the the offensive lineman from Arkansas? Oh, that's right, uh, Sebastian Tritola. Tritola. Sebastian They beat Tritola. the hell. Out of, uh, Didn't uh, he get the, stabbed? Did someone get stabbed? I don't know. In that or I, shot? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, someone, I feel like someone was. The stabbed. The accusation was that there was a hit put out on someone. There was a stabbing, I think, in that. <laughs> You know, I would kind of consider Tajay Sharp just a more disciplined Isaiah Wilson. I don't know if he was in well, his lane there either. His rap and football skills. Is that staying in your lane when you're fighting? He's a more disciplined fighting? Isaiah Wilson. Tritola put put up for somebody, and it was Tajay Sharp who was involved in that, right? Yeah, I want to say someone was stabbed. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. I stopped following I gotta, the case. I, find this I stopped I'll following the case after they were both no longer on the tight. <laughs> Chad, I want to say someone was stabbed. <laughs> I really think someone was stabbed. I, I'm. Oh, uh, Sebastian Tortola stabbing does come wow. up. Wow. Well, here we go. Okay. We'll have that and more to wrap up the show. Go ahead, Chad. Uh, it was a shooting. He was grazed <laughs> by a bullet. It's <laughs> damage. Come on. This close. Shooting, stabbing. This close. As close as a blade is to a bullet, I was that those close. Those are substantially different things. We need to be accurate here. It's important. Or maybe this is the second story. Yeah. Second shooter, second spinner. No, I think he was involved in two second different things. Tritolo didn't last that long. Never mind, this. yes. This was <laughs> outside of Barn Fable, Arkansas, where he was shot. Was That's when he roof? was officially shot. Is there a tin roof there? I just remember this being a fight at tin roof. Yeah, here you go. Uh, Tritola and Tajay Sharp were accused of assaulting a man in April outside of, I believe, tin roof in Nashville. Yeah, it was behind that section yeah. of Demomarian. They beat the hell out of him. Hard to believe this was five years ago. Five years ago. So they were acting in self-defense. Just want to get the record. Straight. We really wanted the quote to he be. He was shot later. <laughs> stay your lane. Sorry, we wanted, but it turned out it was stay in your lane. We Josh is real out. unlucky. It's like the puck luck of Matt Duchesne. That's the bullet luck of Sebastian Tritola. <laughs> Chad, you would say switch lanes and Freely. go to Renter's Warehouse. Switch lanes into making money. And that's what you can do with Renter's Warehouse. And you can do it with an upfront program that is uh, incredible. And it's helping out a lot of people right now. Do you own rental property and need cash? Are you worried about receiving rent on time? Are you considering updating your rental property? 
or investing in a larger portfolio. Get the most out of your real estate investment by receiving a full year of rent paid up front. That's up to a year of rent payments in your pocket right now by giving you, uh, but by giving you your money up front, Renters Warehouse, they're helping you minimize risk and providing financial flexibility so you can build long-term wealth. The upfront rent program available for a limited time only. You can call Renters Warehouse Nashville. You can see the number on, on your screen. It is 615-398-9550 or visit rwnashville.com. That's rwnashville.com. Do it the Renters Warehouse way and get tomorrow's rent today. We are back in 60 seconds on Outkick 360. We wrap up the show with the way we started. Happy birthday to Evie Withrow. Where are you going tonight? Can we so guess? We gave, yes, you can guess. We gave her the option of she gets to pick the restaurant she gets to go to on her birthday. And you guys can guess which restaurant she picked. Wendy's. No. So you get pizza once a week, right? Sunday night is pizza night, yes. Okay. I'm going with just uh, a a straight Domino's slash local pizza place. I don't know what you guys go to all the time. Good guess, but Paul was closer. Culver's. Oh, oh I had Culver's. In Culver's my head. is where, where she decided to go. It's so funny because you think uh, birthday dinner. You know, adults are going obviously big and nice, and uh, her oh, her choice food. was Culver's, Culver's has for like this pistachio flavored ice cream that we we saw driving by that we both were very intrigued by. Claire hmm. and I. Check that out tonight. For Would you guys have, be interested in pistachio yeah, they have flavor? Good, uh, they have good uh, ice cream at Culver's. They have like a take on the Dairy Queen Blizzard. I think it's called a concrete yeah, mixer. it's good. Yeah. And it's it's like that or a, or a McFlurry or whatever it is at McDonald's. It's very good. Very, very good. good. It's custard as opposed to ice cream. David Reed is hearing this and his blood sugar is rising yes. as, we, as he just listens to this conversation. On the show, David Reed's blood pressure is going so high. Evie's blood pressure, or bl <laughs> blood sugar is rising, just because of David Reed. I hope she has a big time. She'll have fun. Uh, show you. bet tonight for FanDuel.com/slash OK360. Anything we want to go with? I barely missed a bet last night. I picked uh, the Hurricanes to win and Aho to score a goal. And uh, Jordan Stahl was another option that actually had better odds for that where I would have made more money, but I went with him and uh, got one half of him, not the other half. So the NBA playing games begins. I, I'll go NBA playing game. I, I would go Lakers on the money line. Would be my Lakers bet. money line, they are minus 210 against Ooh, Golden State. Chelsea loss. at 215 will beat Leicester City in there a crucial go. EPL match. Show Pulis that will not be Pulisic soccer. Will so score. Hutton, you get, to, you, get the tie, you get the tie breaker. Who's on the mound for the Braves? <laughs> they got to win sometime. Oh, uh, I don't know who's pitching tonight. I'm just, I, everybody's breaking their hand. <laughs> Max Frieda to leave the game because his hand cramped up. His pitching hand. I'm not sure who's on. I can't even pitching find the game. They may have taken it off cramped. the board for some reason. Uh, Yankees, Paul. Who are they throwing? I don't know. Can't find them either right now. Give me Lakers. Oh, here they go. Uh, Give me Lakers money line. I'd also take the Celtics. That's tonight. What about actually. the Grizz? Tonight's the East. Tomorrow's the West. Grizz against the Spurs for the 9-10. And that's tomorrow night. So tonight, oh, tonight's the East. Pretty sure. That's at the top of the list. I will go Celtics over Wizards on the money line without knowing the All right, odds. so we're going Celtics and Lakers, the favorites. Lakers tomorrow night, Celtics tonight. All right, let's go. Yep, let's do it. Let's load up. Out. Load up. FanDuel.com. Parlay in it? You ain't got to wait. Delayed gratification for tomorrow. Okay, 360. I'm going to do it now. Um, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Yep. I'm out.
We'll give, it a, live. We'll give it a try here. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Have a great afternoon. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. And thanks for subscribing to the YouTube channel. You can do, if you subscribe to Outkick360 on, on YouTube, you get 30% off the Outkick VIP membership. Outkick.com slash OK360 VIP. That's where you can find us there. Uh, appreciate everybody. Chat with you tomorrow right here across the Outkick network. Stay in your lane as you don't block the box and you do lock the locks. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day and give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.